Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of That's Ancient History. I'm your host, Jean Mias. In today's episode, I talked to a good friend of mine, Harriet Scott, about how we got into classics, how we found access to the subject area that we didn't have a formal education in before university, and how you too can bring a little bit more classics or antiquity into your everyday life. But with those formalities out of the way and introductions made, let's get in to the podcast. <laughs> Nothing's no. coming. We'll not have any intro music, it's fine. Now into the body of the podcast. So welcome to the first episode of That's Ancient History, the podcast for all things classical, old and new. In today's episode, was that cheesy? Was that too cheesy? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm going with it. Hello and welcome to It's like very official. Okay, well we're an official kind of podcaster. Right? We are now, you've got a mic and everything. Exactly, I've spent money on this nonsense. This is an um, official business. <laughs> but today we are talking all about where to begin, where we began, how to get into classics, ancient history and all things antiquity. And I am joined today by my first of many exciting guests, my good friend, Harriet Scott, fellow classics department of Edinburgh University graduate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so Harriet and I both went to Edinburgh University together and we also both attended comprehensive high schools in Scotland where neither of us really got any formal education in the classics before university so I thought she would be the perfect person to talk all about this first topic with. Harriet currently works with charities you know saving the world a little bit every day so thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Supposedly I save but I I don't know if that's the truth I just basically ask people for money. (laughs) Yeah (laughs) but you do nice things with this money with that money. Yeah we do. Yeah don't be modest so do you have any social media accounts you would like to let anybody know about before we get started? (laughs) Do you mean all of all of my fans? Yes yes what is your handles? My twitter handle um is at hattiescott17. Perfect I will link that somewhere. Yeah and I think my instagram's the exact same actually. Okay that's good consistency Consistency across social media. Basically I have my own brand yes i'm a big deal guys you know what you're doing (laughs) and i have prepared a few questions i hope you're prepared to answer them so i think it's true to say that you like me never got to study classics antiquity ancient history greek latin all of these fun things at school absolutely zero (laughs) knowledge of what i got myself into at university um what do you think then was one of your first exposures to antiquity or mythology? I remember when I was like, oh, I must have been about... Well, my first like real true memory is going to see Hadrian's Wall when I was maybe seven, yeah. was eight, eight. I must have been eight. And being like, what is this place? <laughs> and I remember when we were there, they were digging... They'd maybe just filmed a time team there, okay. or they were digging before they were actually going to do like the major, major excavation. Ex- yeah been like oh my god it's amazing my dad was like do you realize that this is actually a really cool place they found this this and this and i was like no i don't know what these things are because i was eight i was eight <laughs> 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 yeah exactly i've actually never been to hadrian's wall well i think we know where we're going next we um, can go in the car okay hi it's driving it. me to hadrian's wall you can introduce me to your first exposure to antiquity Vindalanda tablets and all that I feel like a lot of my first early exposures to antiquity was through sort of pop culture. Mm-hmm. My library when I was a kid had all of the Asterix graphic oh, novels yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just took them all out and then I'd take them all out again and I'd reread the same ones over and over again. 
and I don't know what it is. I just feel like little things like that coalesced to inspire my interest. Yeah, I think, well, you had a much more like invested interest, I think, than I did when we first yeah. started you uni. Were, mm-hmm. But I think when you look back, you realise actually that had been like permeating your yes, exactly your sphere or your world or whatever without knowing it. Yeah, totally. So Asterix, if anybody's not familiar, is a comic book, French comic book series set in ancient Rome under the time of Julius Caesar, who was not an emperor. Where's <laughs> your first fun fact? <laughs> um, the first emperor of Rome was Octavian, his nephew. So that's... but. Asterix, back to the yeah. topic at hand, centres on a group of Gauls, so they don't actually centre on the Romans, it centres on the Gauls um, who were uh, taken over by the Romans, as most people were. Yeah. So that was an early introduction for me. Another one was Xeno Warrior Princess and Hercules the Legendary Journeys. It used to be on Channel 5 at the weekend on Sundays, I think, and I used to watch them avidly. Yeah. And then obviously Hercules the, the, the Dis- Disney film, yeah. which... Looking back now, I mean, there's a lot of historical inaccuracy. Totally. But at the time, you're like, what is this? Exactly. This it is amazing. It inspires interest. And it doesn't was, have to be correct. It was one of my favourite Disney films, actually. So Was it? Well, why not anymore? No, it still is. Okay. But, <laughs> but when you were a kid. You know, well, I'm an avid Disney. <laughs> okay. Disney, when you were a kid. Know. Yeah, no. And the soundtrack's phenomenal. Yeah, I think a lot of these kind of pop culture exposures were like what sparked an interest for me as a child. And then my dad used to like to watch a lot of documentaries and he would watch them with me. A lot of Egyptian documentaries I mm. remember watching. Which I think we... Well, when we did classics, obviously, Edinburgh, there wasn't... I think there's more now. It obviously depends on who is yes. in post at that but point. But generally speaking... But we didn't do it. And I definitely had an interest in it. The yeah. Hieroglyphics. Yeah. Pyramids. I know. Like, the totally. mummy movie. It, yeah. <laughs> Egypt is... In- very prevalent in pop culture, especially I think in the nineties. That whole Cleopatra coming at you. But you, I have to pre-warn you, will probably not study a lot of Egypt no. until the Greeks come around in a classics degree. And it can, yeah, you won't do that in a classics. So you might do it if you do um, archaeology. Yeah, but yeah, unless you're doing Hellenistic time period. Which is strange because as a kid I was definitely like most obsessed with the Egyptians, I think. Yeah. Um I it's used to buy the DK books like for children all oh, about yeah. the Egyptians and the pyramids and I did have the Greeks and the Romans as well. And um yeah, I, I don't think I had a lot of children's books that were focused on mythology. Although no. you could say Harry Potter got a lot of a lot of classical references yes. in there. Big up to JK. Yeah, making the classics accessible for kids. Um, but when I was a teenager was when I started, I think, nuancing my passion. Mm, I, yeah, no. I, I was introduced to things like Mark Atwood's Penelope ad, again by my dad, who lent me the book. And that was a retelling of the, the Homer's Odyssey, mm-hmm. but centred on Odysseus's wife, Penelope. So it retold that myth from her perspective, and that was quite a adult introduction to the topic. Yeah. And then the other one, which you did briefly mention before, was Time Team. I mean... Tony, doesn't love yeah. to, Tony Robinson did a phenomenal job. He, Actually, do you know what? That probably was one of my first exposures to not only ancient history and the the ancient history we have here in Britain, Britain yeah. but actually just the archaeology as a concept. Yeah. I used to watch it every Sunday. Yeah, I think one thing we can see as well is we were both very into archaeology at the beginning of uni. That might have faded a little bit. Oh, 100%. I did not want to <laughs> dig. I, when, it, when I realised that most 90% of the archaeology in Scotland... 
and standing in the mud standing in the mud or also being in a bog I was like no sorry <laughs> but I want to be digging up mummies it got us there it got us there didn't it it got us to uni <laughs> got us to uni yeah um yeah, yeah. It's a lot. There's lots of things out there that definitely that you don't realize. Yes. influence you subtly, subtly influence you. And then obviously, I was brought up in like a very Christian household, so my interest in in Roman, yeah, you know, you know the rise of Christianity and yeah, all your that sort of stuff. In that period of history, like, yeah, totally. So, so do you think there was like a defining age at which you started to think you actively wanted to pursue learning more about this topic? No. <laughs> so I accidentally applied for classics. <laughs> so I wanted to do history at Edinburgh. Yeah. But it's really, really difficult and very popular. Yeah. It's really difficult to get into, very popular. And my parents were like, well, why don't you apply for something else that's his- history based? Yeah. Um, and then you can take, you know, some classes for his- the other history outside. Yep. As outside. And I was like, okay, do that. See if I can get in that way. <laughs> Not realising that classics was also extremely difficult yeah. to get into. So I applied for ancient history and then turned up on the first day. And everyone was like, so where are you going to start ancient history? What's that? I don't know. I'll find out when I get there. <laughs> I mean, I still don't know what it is. <laughs> I, to be fair, I feel not exactly the same, but I definitely... Almost the opposite way from you in that I knew I wanted to do it, but didn't know that's what it was. So... I remember in fifth year of high school in Scotland, um, starting to think about where I wanted to apply for university, um, and I went to the Edinburgh University Open Day, went to the history department and said, I like ancient stuff, can you tell me more about the courses? And they said, wrong department, (laughs) you need to go to the classics department, Uh, we don't do ancient history, ancient history is uh, part of the subject Mm -hmm. classics area first time I ever think somebody had said the word classics to me yeah about 16 17 <laughs> no I, um, I was the same yeah we didn't do latin at school we didn't do we certainly didn't do greek no absolutely not my I didn't even cover a single piece of ancient literature literature in drama or english yeah I think that um my view of history was also really skewed by and this is no slight on sorry it's okay um the Scottish is, I've got, I'm very, very popular, okay? <laughs> I'm not. This is the same person trying to call me over and over again. Um, skewed by what I was taught as yeah. part of the Scottish curriculum. So <clears throat> I, from third year to advanced higher history, which is what the A-level plus, plus <laughs> I don't know. equivalent, all the way through did Nazi Germany. Yeah. And I was sick of yeah. talking about Nazi Germany. Yeah. I didn't... I didn't want to learn anymore about yeah. Nazi Germany because, but that was what my view. I thought history was yeah. just that, yeah, because that's all I ever learned. Yeah, I don't think in high school I did anything earlier than about the sixteen hundreds, and most of what I learned in school was focused on Scotland. So it was yeah. all about Union of the Parliaments and the Jacobite Rebellion and that over and over and over again. And again, we're not saying these subjects aren't interesting. They're really, really interesting, and I think at a university level, we would have we have the type of mind that we would have fallen in love. Yeah, probably. But with whatever we study, but in high school, I think you're very—you only learn one part of it, and then you—that's that's all you know. Yeah, and let's be honest, we all hate anything that has anything to do with high school. I mean, also after three hundred AD, it's just all—it's all who cares? Information, really? isn't it? Really, it's really just modern day. <laughs> exactly. That's anything like, Byzantine and above. Byzantine. Modern. Modern history. <laughs> modern history. Um. 
so what any one thing that you would say really kick-started that interest or just again a coalescing well I started uh I started studying it yeah that was really and then I was like this is really interesting and really diverse what class or what subject area or what emperor or what Greek god I mean we all know but you know that my favorite emperor is Titus Mm -hmm. which I mean isn't many people's (laughs) (laughs) that's why I did my dissertation on Titus Titus yeah and if you look him up, there's not much information on him. He did have a love affair with a Jewish princess, so, I mean, well, That's exciting and salacious stuff. Yeah, it's salacious. I think that I loved it in first and second year, and then when we got into third year, we were learning more about the influence on religion and how that shaped uh, or didn't shape the Roman Empire and the way in which... Because I love, I love Greek and Rome, but, like, yeah. that was really important. And then we did Persica together. Mm-hmm. Which was really interesting because it's actually quite an unusual topic. topic. Yeah, we were really, really fortunate that yeah. um, we had Lloyd Llewellyn Jones teaching at Edinburgh at the time, and obviously, yeah, that's something you wouldn't yeah. get otherwise. If you're not familiar, Persica is essentially the Greeks writing about the Persians. So we don't have a lot of information about the Persians from the Persian perspective, but we have the Greeks writing about the Persians. So people like Herodotus, Catesius, and you learn. A skewed version of Persian history, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, yeah. I don't think I've ever had one of those, like, defining moments where I've gone, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I think, until second year, I was still pretty convinced that I maybe wanted to be an archaeologist. Or at least I was toying with still wanting to be an archaeologist. And that classical literature course we did, oh, yeah. where we studied the epic poetry of ancient mm-hmm. Greece, really convinced me I was a text text girl. And not a... I think material girl. the pre-Socratic philosophy metaphysics class taught me that I probably wasn't clever enough to be out of university. <laughs> Going backwards a bit before university again, how do you think antiquity fitted in with what you were learning at school? Did Was there any complementary material? I think you, when we were at primary school, you did the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. You did a little bit of ancient Rome, a little bit about... Um, ancient Greece and, and you kind of learn the basics of yeah. what you wanted to know and I'm, and now at my school they do a classics do course. they? There's been two of us since before that class started they now do a higher classics um, that went off to do ancient history I set the bench really high <laughs> and everyone's followed um, no I'm joking. You started the ball rolling yeah yeah but they now do that but they didn't have that before yeah. so there was no classics before yeah I didn't really learn that much that I can remember at high school doing it. I'm the same. Again, there was... I don't even think... We did Shakespeare in school. And if you read Shakespeare and you've read a lot of myths and history, then there's a lot of classical references in Shakespeare. Yeah. Lots of his plays are based on ancient characters. Yeah. Midsummer's Night's Dreams. Got all these characters named after uh, Greek people from mythology. But never did it come up in English that this... In, inspired that we never looked at those that intertextuality between mm. antiquity and say Shakespeare. Do you know where we did study it? Was in drama. Yeah, we did the like the three kings play or whatever it's called. So oh, Antigone, the plays, yeah, yeah, Antigone um, was one of the main texts that we had to do as part of our yeah um, higher piece. Actually, I was Antigone. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, I know. <laughs> I have to confess again. Not read Antigone. Right. Why am I the one so, leading this podcast? <laughs> so, Jean, are you doing a PhD in classics? <laughs> There's do a lot. You, 
Is it focused on Greece or Rome? Tell me. Greece, but there's a lot of ancient Greek literature. Give me time. Give me time. <laughs> I think we did read it as part of like... We definitely went to see the play. Yeah. As part of the Classic Society. Gina and I were also in the Classic Society, which were really cool. Oh yeah, we were on the committee and everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> um, so, do you think you find it difficult to find, find more information outside of school? Yeah, and I think... I think we were maybe at slight disadvantage when we started university because we didn't have that wide prior knowledge. Yeah. Although I do one. think some people overcompensate and act like they've read stuff or know stuff that they don't necessarily Yeah, completely. Know. I don't think it's it's not necessary. Yeah. I think you can start uni and if yeah, well, you we love, did it. Yeah, and if you love the topic, then you're going to want to know as much as yeah. possible anyway. But you've not... Like, I do remember starting and there's this assumption that you've read the Odyssey for example, yeah. by Homer. I hadn't read Homer's Odyssey. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I didn't know no, what that was. No, I'm just laughing at the whole situation. They're, ta- they're talking about stuff and they assume that you know that because you've had an education which allowed for that. Yeah. But the truth is not everyone is exposed to that. And I think it's really, really important. Yeah. And we definitely found this in fourth year. We, we went out of our way to try and encourage... Make- what we would call like state school pupils yeah. that didn't have that exposure. Some state schools yep. do run those courses. Because there's a wonderful um, organisation called Classics for All, isn't yeah. there, that tries to get uh, classics in some form or another into state schools. Because it is a really fascinating topic. And, and why I, shouldn't we all have exposure to it? Yeah, and I think people underestimate what you can learn from classics. It's not just totally old, dusty books. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, so what do you think were the ways that classics was made accessible to you and perhaps you would still say make classics accessible to people well i think we have just we turned a corner i think it was maybe the end of third year sort of fourth year where classics exploded into the mainstream Mm. so you had the arrival of plebs plebs is amazing everyone watched plebs set in ancient rome basically the in-betweeners of ancient rome so that came out and you know, people might not watch it, but it, you really should. But it was one of those things where it's the same comedy, but they yeah. have subtle references. They're obviously based in ancient Rome, but they have yeah. subtle references. So, like, they use the word salve, and yeah. they talk about, you know, things that we would know yeah. because we studied it, but it's totally accessible to everyone. So that yeah. started. Mary Beard became really massive yeah. and still is big. Yeah. Um, a total inspiration to us all. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, there, was there not two Hercules films? That two, year? Yeah, two Hercules films that year. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief is based on... True. Or whatever Percy Jackson yeah, film no, is. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's a Greek mythology, but set today, isn't set it? Set today, and yeah. He's the descendant of perhaps Poseidon. Yeah. Clearly neither of us have read this book series, but it's great. We're glad it exists. <laughs> yeah. I've never read it. I didn't go to it. I remember our friend David really wanted to see the film, and we were like... Mm. No. But yeah, I know what you mean. It... I do feel like almost classics has had a bit of a resurgence in the past few years in pop culture mm-hmm. and the cinema and television again. Um, and that's really wonderful. And Gladiator <laughs> was a massive thing, still is a massive thing. It's really not a great film, but <laughs> it won a lot of awards. Yeah, we'll uh, maybe talk about classics in the cinema in another episode. <laughs> so yeah, I think there's been a massive... Um, yeah, so again, pop culture. Pop culture revival of it. Yeah. Um... So, well, we kind of started to cover what I was going to say in the next question, which was talking about stuff that didn't exist necessarily when we were younger, but is perhaps it makes it more accessible to, to people today. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like we're saying, it's in, it's in the media again. Um, I, think, I think people like Mary Beard 
Bethany Hughes, you know, mainstream yeah. television presenters um, that, that make these topics quite accessible, make TV shows about them. Uh-huh. They, they do a massive service for I antiquity so. and getting other people interested in it. And just being aware of a, of a time and a topic that... Exactly. It's not about, about forcing everybody to care or no. become classicists or read all the Greek myths, but it's about everybody having access to that if they should want it. Yes. Exactly. exactly. Recently, particularly, uh, over the past year or two, I've seen more retellings of Greek myths in literature. So yeah. I mentioned the Penelope ad earlier, which really got me into classics, I think, when I was a teenager. Um, but recently there's been a new book come out by Madeline Miller, Circe. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want uh, to read that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> you, you're going to love it. I haven't read her previous book, Song of Achilles. But oh, you yeah, have read Song of Achilles yeah. yet. Um, but we also had last year, Comb to Bean brought out a book. Uh, inspired by Clytemnestra and Agamemnon. Ooh. Yeah, House of Names. Natalie Haynes brought out The Children of Jocasta, which is a retelling of Oedipus and Jocasta. Not out yet, but this year, 2018, Pat Barker has a book coming out which retells Euripides' Trojan Women. Ooh. I know, sounds amazing, right? And it does feel like there's been more of yeah. those. They've been increasing in number recently. Yeah. Somewhat, I think. So that's, that's fun. <laughs> but that's interesting though isn't it that they've the literature has gone down that retelling route or yeah. telling it from uh, the viewpoint of someone else yeah a character that wasn't necessarily central mm-hmm. in the original myths yeah and Achilles is really really good Stephen Fry brought out yes did you read mythos that? no I haven't yet but mythos is his collection of retellings yeah. of different myths a bit like Robert Graves which actually Robert Graves is another book that my dad gave me when I was younger I was about to say that how have we missed out Robert Graves how have we missed out Robert Graves because bringing classics to the masses for decades <laughs> classics to the masses since whenever he read that book time that he wrote that <laughs> book yeah, I remember watching my d- uh, dad read that book yeah. when I was younger. So Robert Graves is, again, just essentially a collection of he ancient myths. The ancient myths, and then he also does... Does he not do Fatherland? And he's, like, focused on, like, oh, Nazi yeah. Germany as well. Like, he's, he's written really, everything. Yeah, he takes historical information and turns it into a story about yeah. a character that you, like, may or may not have been there. But yeah. it's still really interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, so, do you think for those that are perhaps interested beyond just a casual consumer level, is classics and ancient history accessible at a university level for people like us who didn't have a formal education? 100%. Wonderful. 100% because <laughs> you don't need to know, you know, Latin, Greek, French, German, blah, blah, blah. These things are useful and you can learn them when you're there, but you don't need to know yeah. them to start off. Going a fresh, clean fresh. It's it's one of the most interesting and diverse degrees. You yes, do. you'll cover so many topics. There's yeah, exactly. Where else can you learn about history, archaeology, um, military background, art, art, philosophy, philosophy, pre-Socratic metaphysics, <laughs> sex, literature, so much sex. <laughs> In the literature. In the literature and, and the, the literature art. in the art in the <laughs> writing. Uh, yeah, no, you're covering a food. Yeah, a broad range of topics. It's it you think history, mm-hmm. but so much more than that, really. And we have such language. A, yeah, language such a wealth of information about it. So Yeah, you'd be surprised how much there is to learn about the how ancients. Much has been it's lost. Not just all about the gods, although they're great. Yeah, a lot of it's been lost, obviously. But it's it's so wide ranging, yeah. and there's something for everyone. And I think we, you know, we would testify that, that every single one of us had a different interest within that 
degree. Yes, so like totally. Your I'm, interest is. I love the law. <laughs> I love the law. <laughs> like some sort of Western cowboy. I love the law. I do though. I love. I love. I love both literature and all of its um, eerie, feary, funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I also love the legal history of Greece and their laws. Yeah, that part is actually really interesting about Greece. <laughs> and I love the rise of Christianity and the development of that religion within a. In the Imperial Roman Yeah, context, uh, context. And our friend David loved art and architecture and the influences yeah. of uh, ancient Greek and Roman art and architecture from Mussolini's period. So there you go, there's yeah. an intersection. Topics. Yeah, reception topics and an intersection between uh, modern, modern history, history and, and ancient history. Absolutely. And like we said, you don't, I think, lots of people wonder, need to know Latin and Greek to go into this. No. I still don't. <laughs> well, I'm doing a PhD and I now do, do know ancient Greek, but... Congrats. Thanks. I mean, we'll still perhaps categorise it as a elementary? Intermediate. Intermediate. You just be. wanted to say elementary. Elementary, my dear, wasn't. No, I think intermediate level would be fair, but I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. And neither of us did Latin or Greek during our undergraduates. That's actually not true. Oh, sorry, did you do it for a week? I did two weeks worth two of weeks. Latin. <laughs> no, you could do it and you could take it from a very, very beginner stage yes. and, and it was really accessible. And then, like, if, like me, you want to go into academia, you want to study this further, there's going to be a point where you're going to need to learn the ancient languages, but you don't need to commit from day one. Not that that's to discourage anybody from doing it, but it's a big undertaking and I don't want this to mm-hmm. seem less accessible to you. You don't need any of this to go into it. You need no. nothing. Except a willingness to learn. Yes. And a passion for classics. A growing passion for classics. Yeah, the inkling of a passion. You might just need to be an Asterix fan. Or you just need to want to watch Time Team every day. That's true. Tony Robinson has inspired a generation of archaeologists, I'm sure. The fact that you met him makes (laughs) me want to cry. (laughs) One of the greatest days of my life. (laughs) One of the saddest days of mine. (laughs) So, I think, hopefully... This has been interesting for those of you that were interested in where one might develop an interest in this subject area, where at least yeah. Harriet and I did. Basically, in summation, <laughs> that was the word I learned at uni. <laughs> you don't need to have done classics to go study it. No. You you don't need to study it to learn about it. To learn about it. There's so many ways to access it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Multiple BBC documentaries. <laughs> um... Just go pick up a book. Totally. And it can be a comic book. It can be a comic book. It can be. Exactly. Classics is go for... Go pick up an ancient, oh. an, a horrible histories book on ancient Rome. Well, thanks so much for having this discussion with me. Thanks for having me on. I would like to come back for the cinema episode, please. Okay. If right. you'll have me back, obviously. Yeah, of course I'll have Otherwise, you back. Otherwise, I'll just start my own ancient so history start podcast. Start up the demand. Tweet at me um, if you're interested. We are on Twitter at That's Ancient. Because that's ancient history didn't fit into a Twitter handle. Or oh, I thought you were going to say it was taken. I would no, no, no. They're just that's ancient. So okay. come come tweet at me. Come tweet at Harriet. Uh, if you'd like to see her back on the podcast. Or my followers. But you do have one more thing for me, don't you, before you go? I have asked you to prepare something at the end of each episode. <laughs> a song. <laughs> I'm going to recite Achilles uh, in uh, song format. The way it was originally intended. <laughs> So I am going to ask each of my guests at the end of each podcast episode to recommend you all a book. That can be a piece of ancient literature, a piece of 
ancient history, non-fiction that was written more recently, or even a piece of modern fiction with classical inspiration. So what's your recommendation, Harriet? Okay, so I've overachieved. <laughs> I've got two. Oh, um, the first one is ancient inspired, yes. Someone... I wanted, to eight, I wanted an A plus. Okay. Um, something I never achieved. <laughs> I my ancient book. Yes. Is Suetonius's The Twelve Caesars. Okay. Yeah. You know why? Because yeah. it's the Kim Kardashian scandal of its day. It, yeah. It's, it's a good recommendation. It's great. It, it's Tell us all about it. It's, it's basically the twelve Caesars. The first, the first twelve. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it starts with a little bit about Julius Caesar. I can't okay. remember. So it's just the first twelve emperors of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, it has my fave Titus in it. Great. It's where most of the information for my dissertation came from. Because there's nothing written about Titus. Salacious. Um, it's very salacious. It's very. It, I mean, it was the Daily Mail of its day. Yes. What can I say? It. Apart it was from the gossip the, magazine. Yeah, wasn't it was a it? gossip the rag. gossip magazine of ancient Rome. Yeah, so I'd recommend that as a starting point because you learn a lot about the 12 different but, emperors, but don't take it as full fact because, yeah. as we know, everything <laughs> is biased in history. Yes. But um, a great introduction, you're right, actually. Yeah, and then my second one it has a slight classical okay. twist to it, it's modern. Um, but if you want to know what classic students really get up to, <laughs> She thinks we're going with this. Read uh, The Secret History by Donald Trump. And Tart. take none of it seriously. Take none of it seriously because <laughs> none of us get up to that. It is a good book. But it's though. set um, in a small college in America, a tiny little classics department. I think there's like six of them or something, something like that in the department. A handful of people. Handful of people. Um, and it's about a story, I think, over the course of initially a year and then it expands out yeah. but it's really interesting a really good read and a really good read if you are studying classics right now and you want to yeah something very dramatic happens which isn't a spoiler because you know from the beginning yeah you know from like but, page one um, but yeah something very dramatic has happened in their little clique yeah so those are my two recommendations great recommendations you are thank prepared you. thank you a star a plus 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 yes. thank you finally <laughs> well i'll definitely have you back so no, i've used that my two good ones so I better get reading. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I'm sure everybody listening has felt the same. Do you <laughs> <laughs> look so skeptical? Yeah. Um, do stay tuned. We will be posting new episodes, or I will be posting new episodes every fortnight with a new guest on each episode and covering a variety of different topics some of the topics you can look forward to in the near future include classics and psychology Ooh. yeah we're going to talk about combat trauma and ptsd in antiquity uh, we're that also, sounds really interesting you better listen well. <laughs> we'll also be talking all about the god Dionysus and asking all of your questions you may have about Dionysus slash Bacchus we... Ooh, we're going to do a back and early at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Just I'm absolutely well. Secret history style. Uh, we will also be exploring the use of classics in modern classrooms, as well as this current state of classics in schools. We will perhaps even be talking a little bit more in depth about classics in Harry Potter. So. Stay tuned! Yes! <laughs> I'm glad someone's excited. And until next time, guys, have a lovely week. Bye! Bye. <laughs>